Today on this edition of the Forest City Church Podcast, Trevor McDonald has part four of the Less is More Lenten series. His message is titled, Less Envy, More Gratitude. Today we're in the series, we're continuing the series, Less is More, and I want to start just by asking a simple question. You don't have to respond unless, unless I guess you want to yell at me and shout at me, you can. Um, but let me ask you, have you ever seen a leader or a person, maybe in your life that you've seen like personally, maybe you worked at a place or whatever it may be, or maybe you just have seen someone, have you, have you uh, as, uh, observed them in some form or fashion, that perhaps they've been successful in some way or another, And then you saw jealousy and envy overtake them, and it began to become their downfall. Anybody seen someone who's been uh, jealousy and envy has completely wiped them out? Maybe even for you personally in your own family, you've seen folks. Maybe some people at your workspace. You've seen this thing called jealousy, this thing called envy, and it has completely wrecked their life. There's a person in Scripture uh, his name is Saul. He's the very first king in all of Israel who was anointed to lead out the nation of Israel. And then he leads for nearly 20 years. You could say he actually has kind of a successful run until, until jealousy and envy overtake him. And it, it completely impairs his leadership and his life. So we're going to read from this story in 1 Samuel 18. I'm going to set up for just a quick minute so you have some context when it comes to the story and the characters that we're going to look at and talk about today. So like I said, King Saul, he's, he's reigning Israel. He's the first king. They're putting all of their hope in him, and he has a few different battles that he's winning. And then there's this young man named David who eventually is anointed by the prophet Samuel, and he's going to become the successor of the throne. He's going to be the second king in Israel. And we know David, we know the story of David and Goliath, where David throw, you know, slings a stone at Goliath, this massive giant of the, their arch nemesis, the Philistines, and he knocks Goliath out, kills Goliath, and then we hear these amazing stories about David. And Saul would have actually been like, great job, you did good. And then David becomes an, a mighty warrior for the nation of Israel. But here's where we pick up a little bit of the story. Here's what we're reading today, 1 Samuel chapter 18, we're seated on the screen, it says this. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. As they danced, hold on now. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, very good. And David, his tens of thousands. Oh boy. Verse eight says, Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him or it displeased him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a what? Jealous eye on David. Kept a jealous eye on on David. Now, this would have been completely accustomed to when a king would have come home from a battle that they just won. Soldiers don't get praised. Kings would have gotten praised. So this song and this dance that these ladies are doing in the streets is like, oh yeah, this is pomp and circumstance. Of course they're singing for me. Saul has killed his thousands. It's like, well, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Thousands is not too bad. Then it takes a little bit of a turn. And David... His tens of thousands. Hold up. I'm the king. 
I'm the one that gets praised. I'm the one that gets the glory. And yet the people are noticing that my successor, David, is getting a little bit more attention than me. And what happens? A jealous eye is then put on David. This idea of a jealous eye in this context, in this ancient scriptures, it would have been the window to the soul. The window to Saul's soul became jealous. Later we read in verse 10 and 11 that an evil spirit comes upon Saul and that he tries to kill David two times by throwing a spear at him. This is a really good way to live, right? Not once, but twice. And David gets away both times. In fact, the scriptures tell us that it says that Saul thought to himself, if only I could pin David to the wall. How would you like to work for that guy? If only I could pin David to the wall, all because of what? Jealousy and envy. Now, this is what jealousy and envy produce, doesn't it? It produces things like wrath and anger and rage to the point where Saul is actually putting death wishes on David's life, all because he was praised higher than the king. Now, for us in our own context, this is pretty simple. We can see this in our own culture and society, right? We can, we can spot jealousy and envy rather easily. We can see it on Twitter. We can see it on Facebook. We can see it on news headlines. We can see it in different leaders within you know, certain spots. Maybe even for you in your own life, you could personalize this and be like, I've seen it in my own family or I've seen it in my own workplace. You can begin to see like, man, that person seems incredibly jealous or that act was incredibly envious, it's easy to begin to kind of spot it and see it and label it and call it out. Here's the question, though, that you and I have to ask ourselves. This is the biggest challenge and test is to say, and yet where is there envy in me? Where is there envy and jealousy in me? Like I said, we can spot it. We can read it. We can pick on Saul all day long. But in this series and in this season of walking with Jesus, we ask ourselves, and yet where, where is there envy in me? And I must admit from my own life, I have learned and I have found wherever there is jealousy and envy in my life, it has become the most distraction or, or it's become the most, the highest deterrent and it's distracted me the most from experiencing peace and purpose. Whenever I desire, I, I desire strongly to experience any sort of peace and purpose in my life. And once jealousy and envy creep in, it has completely distracted me and deterred me from experiencing those things. All because of envy and jealousy. As I like to say when it comes to this idea of distraction, for, for me, I'm an incredibly routine person. And every single morning I'll wake up early. I have my clothes set out already before I go to the gym. I have this matcha green tea that I've been loving. I'm not sponsored by them, but whatever. And it's really delicious. I'll drink this matcha green tea. Had a little bit this morning. Tastes good. Gets me a little awake in the morning. Everything's set out. I know exactly what my workout's gonna be that day. I know exactly what I'm listening to that day, whether it's a podcast or a book. I'm, I'm very routine in that way. And I'm at the gym. I got 45 to an hour before I get home, get the kids ready with my wife, get them off to school. This particular morning, I'm in, at the gym, on this bench, doing whatever I'm doing. And over yonder, I hear some yelling. And... and Obviously, I'm distracted, so I kind of pause whatever I'm listening to. I look over, and this guy is literally looking in the mirror by himself with his dumbbell saying, one, 
two, nine, almost there. Come on. He's literally like yelling at himself in the mirror. You got this. And I'm looking like, does he have a partner? Is someone like with him encouraging him? No, this man is all alone, making babies cry. <laughs> Completely distracted. And I think to myself, like, I couldn't, I don't even know what my workout was. I couldn't remember what I was listening to. I forgot where I was. This man was all alone, just screaming at himself in the mirror. And good for him. Encourage yourself in the Lord. I get it. But, bro, not, not at, you know, 530 in the morning. We don't need that. Go do that at home. It completely distracted me. And, and listen, friends, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what jealousy and envy can do for our life completely distracts us from the thing that we are supposed to be focused on. And this is exactly what happens with Saul. Saul, King Saul, was supposed to be building up Israel, leading his successor, David. This is what he could have been doing. He could have led a life worth following. And yet, envy drives him to hunt down David for the rest of his life until he is wounded in battle and then Saul actually takes his own life. The half of his life where he could have been leading the nation well, building it up, leading David well, teaching him the ways of the kingship and how to lead well in this time and the season of his life instead, Scripture tells us that he chases David through the hills and attempts to kill him. All because he has a what? Jealous eye from that day forward. This is what envy and jealousy has potential to produce in our lives. Look at this ancient Proverbs. It's Proverbs 14 to 30. It says this. A heart at peace gives life to the body. But what? Envy rots the bones. Envy rots the bones. Now this word bones is signifying the inner man, the inner person, the complete essence of, uh, of humanity. This idea of the internal person, the bones of an individual. In other words, in Hebrew, the word would be the nephesh of a person. We would translate that in our English language as simply our soul. Envy rots the soul of a person. Remember I said earlier that Saul had a jealous eye on David. The eye is the window to the soul. So here's Saul spending the rest of his life allowing his soul to rot all because he allowed envy and jealousy in. See, I'm convinced that Saul was dying before he actually died. All because of jealousy and envy. Here's the good news for you and I though, is that this is what this is all about. If we just give good speeches and good talks up here, it wouldn't really all that much matter. What matters is that we do the deep soul work to say, is there envy in me? In this season of Lent, we ask ourselves, what needs to die away so then other things can increase? 
that we begin to do that deep work, we ask ourselves these hard questions. And these are, friends, these are really hard questions because you have to eventually answer them or push them down, but they will creep up. When envy becomes obvious, when you begin to face reality and say, man, I actually think there's some jealousy in me. There's some jealous tendencies in me towards my neighbor, towards my friends or family members. There's something in there that I have to face. I have to face the reality. And I don't want my bones to rot, as scripture tells us. I don't want my soul to rot. I wanna live with peace every single day in freedom with Jesus. And yet, we have to answer these hard questions. Are we carrying envy? Are we carrying jealousy? So the way I like to illustrate it as I close. In my hand is a cup of water, right? Now this isn't some magic trick, so I'm not gonna fool anybody. Or is it a cup of water? In my hand is a, a, a cup of water. If I asked you how much you believe this cup of water weighs, you might say, Eight ounces, anybody, maybe guess, 10, 16.2. Now it holds 24, maybe it's 18 ounces of water. The truth is the weight of this cup doesn't all that much matter. It all really matters how long I decide to hold on to this cup. Because if I hold it for a minute, I could probably do that. If I hold it for like three hours, maybe my hand begins to shake a little bit. If I decide to hold it for an entire day, maybe my hand becomes so paralyzed that I have to just drop it because I can't do it any longer. Now the absolute weight of this thing doesn't change. What gets heavy is how long I decide to hold on to this cup though. What gets heavy is how long I decide to hold on, not so much the absolute weight of the thing. And all my attention and all my focus is making sure I hold on to this thing. And jealousy and envy, the longer you hold on to it, the heavier it gets. Because all of our focus and all of our strength goes on to that thing. I'm gonna hold on to it. I don't wanna let it go and yet you find yourself paralyzed and crippled all because you keep holding on to that thing. Friends, you gotta put the cup down. You gotta put jealousy and envy down. Cause like Saul's life, you began to see, it began to rot his insides because he held on to it so long. Here's the redeeming quality I'm convinced of because now we have some tools for tomorrow. This isn't just a great little moment of exposing, oh great, now I have jealousy and envy in my life. Thanks for reminding me. What do I do with this? I'm convinced that what combats jealousy and envy the most is gratitude. Is gratitude. Simply being a person who is grateful. Not so hyper-focused on the jealousy and envy, but learning to transition from that to the redeeming quality of being a person filled with gratitude. Could you imagine what it would look like in your own life I'll be looking the left and the right because I know everyone's happening. I mean, if you were more grateful, and if my boss is more grateful, my spouse is more grateful, but the fact is we gotta look at ourselves and say, man, where do I need to be more grateful? 
And if I were to be a person of gratitude, what would it look like whenever envy and jealousy begins to try to creep in, you just immediately say, no, I'm gonna be grateful in this moment. And how do we exercise and practice gratitude? There's two ways I think could really happen or help. Now there's probably a thousand ways. We could have a long talk after this if you want to, but maybe not because there's some games today and we gotta get going. But here's two ways I think could be really, really helpful is this. Number one is this. Whenever you feel like envy and jealousy is creeping up, you simply say the words, thank you. Whatever it looks like for you and only you know, you begin to practice saying these two life-giving words, thank you. When the person at your job got the promotion that you wanted and you begin to get envious and jealous of that individual, you begin to respond with, thank you. I'm thankful that I have the job that I have. Thankful that I have the house that I have. Thankful that I have the car that I have. Thankful that I have the spouse that I have. Thankful that I live where I live. I'm thankful that even though it is cold in March in Rockford, the sun is out. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm saying thank you. And the hard work that you and I have to go through is when you begin to identify when envy and jealousy begins to creep. Only you know it more than anybody else and utter the words, thank you. Second thing is this, is you begin to start a gratitude journal. What's a gratitude journal? It's simply writing down the things that you're grateful for. You might say, well, I don't really do journal. I'm not a big journaler. That's fine. But here's, here's what's crazy is that studies will tell us that those who actually write down what they're grateful for, it improves their mental health. So if you're like in this scripture in Proverbs 14, 30, you feel like there's some rotting going on in your bones, in your soul, in your nephesh, in your inner person. If you have the opportunity to help that thing out over time, it's not gonna happen and be fixed tomorrow. It's going to be a lifelong journey of being grateful. If you had the tools to do that, I know you would because no one wants to end their life like a Saul, all because they had jealousy in their heart. But you begin to write those things down, whether it's on your phone, you start a gratitude journal. I don't care if it's five things or 10 things. I'm telling you over time, you're gonna be to find things that you're grateful for, you didn't even know you're grateful for. And just start writing these things down. Whether it's the first thing you do when you wake up or right before you go to bed, I'm grateful for these things. You type them in your phone or you get an actual journey, you write, uh, journal, you write grateful journal. No one touches that journal. It is yours. Begin to write the things every single day what you're grateful for. Begins to improve the nephesh, the soul, the bones. And then jealousy and envy will it fully go away? No, of course not. But you're going to begin to find yourself more free. All because I'm learning to have less envy and more gratitude. Because you know what it looks like when you meet someone who's incredibly envious and incredibly jealous, and you can call it. What about you? What about our own lives? I wanna be known as someone who is filled with gratitude, amen? Less envy, more gratitude. It's interesting because we have been taught at a young age, you're taught personal hygiene. You are taught how to take care of yourself. You brush those teeth twice a day, and if you don't, it's gross. Unless you do once, it's fine, no judgment. Or none, then now we got a problem. 
You're taught these things. You're taught personal hygiene. It's so important to take care of the outside. And yet we're not really taught that well mental hygiene. And yet here's the subscription. Here's the prescription, I mean, is if I start writing these things down, it'll actually help my nephesh, my insides, my soul, my bones. I can be at peace more and more every single day. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it for you. More gratitude, less envy. Amen? May we be people that are filled with gratitude, less envy, less jealousy. And here's what I believe for you, is that you will experience peace in your bones. You'll experience peace in your soul because of it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Let me pray for us. And we can head out. It's one thing to put envy and jealousy down. It's another step to begin to have this action towards gratitude. So let's do that starting today, even this week, on your way home from church today. First thing you do tomorrow, start that gratitude journal. Begin uttering the words, thank you. If you need to go pick up a journal, go find one, go to Target, go buy one on Amazon, whatever it takes. Be like, you know what? I'm gonna do exactly what he was saying because I believe that I want to have life and peace in my bones. I don't want any more jealousy and envy. I wanna live, I wanna live free in Christ and who he called me to live and experience his purpose and experience his peace and be a person of gratitude. Let me pray. God, thank you for every single person in this room. Thank you. God, we can read stories like this, and yes, it, it didn't end very well for Saul. We get that. God, we're faced with the question, is there envy in me? Is there jealousy in me? What do I have to do with that? What's my response? Do I just keep sweeping it under the rug, or do I actually pursue the action of being a person of gratitude? Less envy, more gratitude in this season. God, help us become a person, a people of gratitude. I want our bones, our soul, our nephesh, our inside person to be filled with peace and be filled with life. So God, give us the courage to take those steps and to become a person of gratitude. We thank you. We are thankful. We are grateful. That God, you are with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us. God, we follow you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. And every single person said, amen. Amen. Hey. If you need prayer for anything, we have a team right up front of the stage. And like Aria said earlier, if you'd like to sponsor a child with Food for the Hungry, please go to the table, talk with one of our team uh, members out there. And if you are new, first, second, third time, we'd love to meet you at the Connect Point. Have an amazing week. God bless. You've been listening to Trevor McDonald with part four of the series titled, Less is More. Thanks for listening. 